And I say, can't you just send me the link? And he's like, well, I already downloaded the documents. I'm like, well, can't you just email it to me? He's like, I don't email. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most old man response to everything. It's like, you're you're making, my dad loves, if, if he could do something in two steps, he will give you 10 steps. Hello, and welcome to the Football Absurdity Podcast. You may think that Jeff's voice got a little different, but really, it's me, Evan Hoovler. I am feeling in for Jeff doing the show because he's feeling under the weather. But don't worry, all you Jeff fans, he'll, he'll fight, he'll beat it up. He's young, he's strong, he's supple. I think that you used that word right. Anyway, I'm here with... Uh, Mike, he's Valverde. very flexible. <laughs> that, you just heard his Jeff is limber. He's going to get through this. <laughs> he's, I just want to say he's sexy. Is that is that the word? Um, Jeff, I this is the right time. Look, this is it's like a, now that I know you're sick. I just want you to know I can't let this go by. When you hear this the podcast, world might, Jeff. the world might end here. I can't hold it in anymore. You know, <laughs> I gotta say. So that there you hear is Wally Dismal, a co-owner of Football Absurdity. Here's he's here today. Well, Lee, what's something good that's happening for you because of this pandemic? Nothing. Oh. I do stand-up comedy. I don't get to go. There are There is no stand-up comedy. I know comics who are doing virtual open mics, uh, which is basically, I guess, Skyping open mics, which probably the same response, which is no one's there anyway when you're at an open mic. It's the most sad, depressing place, but I still love it. I don't even get to perform. Do you get to spend time with your son? You like your son. He's fine. I mean, <laughs> like, he's okay. No, I, I am spending a little time with my kid, I'll, but I'll he, just got, he just got doom eternal, so he's not interested oh, nice. yeah. in spending time with me. Yeah, that and Animal Crossing came out at just the right time. Uh, also here Actually, is Actually, regular... Tiger King is what I'm told came out at the right time. I don't oh. know if you guys have checked that out on Netflix. Uh, what oh, yeah. about You know there's a goon who worked for that guy for like eight years. Really? I'll figure out who it is uh, and, and send it to you. It comes up in the Sean Forty thread. Tiger King is about this guy, this crazy guy who ran a circus and was exploiting and a weirdo and committed some crimes and stuff. Um, it's, it's, I, I just saw 10 minutes of it and I was just like, I can't wait to watch this. I haven't had a chance to sit down. <laughs> I've been looking forward to the weekend because all my friends are in quarantine. Like, I am not. So I can't really... So I don't have, I still like, I'm still going to work, but I don't get to do any of I've been quarantined from all the things I actually enjoy in my life. That's what sucks. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot you don't get extra time with anything. No. Uh, sorry. Well, let's pivot from this, this uplifting conversation to hey, introduce. Tiger King usual, is nothing we need to pivot from. I'm just saying. Our usual, host, our usual host is here, Mike Valverde. Mike, are you on, are you in isolation? Um, I'm not. I'm in isolation because I because I'm pretty much been born in isolation. I I never leave. This this is natural. Now's your time to shine. Yeah, I mean I mean when they say okay, well we, you're gonna have to stay, you know, quarantine inside and you can't go anywhere. I'm like really? That that's not hard. I, I've been doing that for the last forty seven years. So. Oh yeah, my wife. Forty seven years? Did you say? Yeah, I'm a little old. Oh my god! No, I thought you were much older. I didn't realize yeah. that. I thought I was we're the old one here. Oh, no. Jeff's the young one. We're all the old guys. Yeah. We're all 40-something. 
Yeah, my wife's been telling me she's been practicing social distancing for 43 years, so. Oh, I'm sorry, for 35 years. Honey, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> she won't. No one ever does. All right, so. <laughs> we are, our, our flagship is the website, uh, footballabsurdity.com. You should check that out. Jeff has been putting out some regular content, daily content, often multiple articles. There's really good stuff, and it's getting a, it's getting a lot of hits. It's because there's there's not much new uh, there's not much new stuff out there when it comes to sports. Check that out. He's also cranking out uh, Patreon bonus content, which is what is it? Air yards. The air yards. Yeah. Uh, it's like a cor- isn't it the correlation for air yards for how uh, it would have fantasy output? Yeah, I believe that's what he's doing. Yeah. Which uh, I, I th- it sounds incredible. I I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I can't wait to because anything that gives me an edge. So if you paid the extra whopping three dollars to be on our Patreon, you, you'll be getting that soon. Whenever he rolls out of bed and pulls himself up to a computer screen. Uh, also, uh, if you want to support us, you can also go to Fanduel. Fanduel is still open. There's still stuff to bet on. I looked at it. You can bet on who's going to get picked first or second or third in the NFL draft. You can bet on where Cam Newton is going. We'll be talking about that today. Uh, you can bet on soccer in Belarus, apparently, if that's if that's your thing. If you go and you start an account, use the code uh, Football Absurdity, and we get we get a little uh, credit from uh, FanDuel. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, Patreons not only get this additional content, they get something every week. Every week is either a special in-depth article or a uh, or a, uh, a pod- extra podcast. And Wally just asked me, uh, do, is there, am I okay? For some reason, I've lost my voice for the last two weeks. And having to lecture in four-hour spans, including last night, not helping it at all. No, so, it wouldn't. But that's good because I shouldn't be saying too much anyway. I'm just here to moderate and facilitate. So I apologize for that if I don't have my usual dulcet tones of the late-night jazz DJ, So, which is how I think of myself. And uh, I, I've said it already. I'm just excited to talk. So, like, nice. don't worry. I will run this ship. I will... Okay. Keep talking. I don't know anything, but I will keep talking. What do you think about Cam getting released? I mean, it was inevitable. I was actually kind of hoping, uh, <coughs> foreshadowing, I was hoping that the Bears would try trading for him as opposed to Nick Foles because Cam is at least exciting. But at the same time, I mean, the problem with trading Cam was always going to be with the uh, with the injuries, the fact that you can't really do a physical to check if he's going to be okay, I mean, you can't you can't trade for him. So yeah, his career is going to be on hold as long as the plague keeps coming. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do, and it's it's too bad because I'm hoping he got healthy this year. But it's also there's a certain point where it's like, yeah, I thought that the last two years, I don't know that I can believe it anymore. And the NFL like went out of its way to let him get beat up, so. Like, this is kind of the end result, I think. Yep, yep, it's hard to... I don't know, Mike, you can probably wait on this. I don't know if we can even, like, speculate where he'll be come August if this or, or if this all wraps up sooner, because it's just so far in the distance, teams are going to need to commit. Yeah. What do you think's going on, Mike? Yeah. It, the, the options available to him right now are is very slim, and not only that, I'm... I'm curious if he if he has any kind of mobility 
out, that we normally see out of Cam Newton himself because if Matt Rule and the organization who runs RPO and being a mobile quarterback is essential in the RPO system, says, you know, to a quarterback that has been to the Pro Bowl, has been to the Super Bowl, has <coughs> been an all-pro athlete, you know, we don't want your services anymore. It tells me that I don't think he has much left in the tank to be mobile like he used to be and probably is, if not worse, than what he was last year. And we saw what happened last year. I think he gained five total rushing yards in, like, three games. So he is now a drop-back quarterback to the most part, and we also know what happens when Cam Newton is a drop-back quarterback. It isn't very good. So I think uh, options may be San Diego because they're used to a quarterback that can just drop back and chuck the ball deep. Phillip Rivers did it, made a living out of it. Cam Newton, why not? I mean, he's not as accurate as Phillip Rivers, but he can still get the job done. That's probably really the only place I could see him going. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of who needs a quarterback still. Uh, I think the Broncos are committed to their guy. Um, I'm like, I'm kind of trying to go through the list in my, my head, and I don't know. Like, I feel like most teams are going to want to draft a quarterback. I feel like Cam's the odd man out, but also, um, oh, God. I guess my question also would be, everything I, I haven't seen if it's been updated, has Jameis committed yet anywhere? Nope. Nope. Yeah, that's the other one. It's kind of like when my kids come to me with a favorite toy that's broken and I look at it, it's going to take me like more than an hour to fix. I'm like, let's just go to the toy store and get a flashy new toy, you know, and and the toy store here being the NFL draft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I really really think that either Jameis Winston or Cam Newton would probably end up in L.A., but who will? I don't know. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think either one of them are, are the future. I don't think, I mean, they're probably only going to sign maybe for a year or two and grab definitely a, a young, you know, horse in I the think, right. I feel like Jameis is a better comp for the Chargers, too, than uh, Cam, just because, like, I, I think their styles are similar. You just got to add, like, 20 interceptions to Jameis. That's it. Then yeah, you get Philip yeah. Rivers. Philip Rivers plus 20 interceptions is Jameis Winston. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. All right, and uh, moving across the coast, Robbie Anderson signed a twenty million dollar deal for two years with the Panthers, with the Jets, and uh, twelve million is guaranteed. And his base salary in two thousand twenty is reported to be twelve million. Do you all think he was overpaid, underpaid, Robbie Anderson on the Jets? Um, you you said it was. I'm sorry. Repeat the numbers. Uh, twenty million over two years. Twelve million guaranteed. His salary seems to be twelve. I'm seeing reports that his salary is twelve million over 2020, but I'm having trouble finding a, a reliable source for that. Basically, the two years, ten million dollars each year, right? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. For for honestly, I don't think that's a bad deal. I think Robbie Anderson, uh, he's he's been inconsistent, but he's been inconsistent on the Jets, so it's hard to fully blame him. I mean, if I can't think of anyone who is better at hamstringing talent than Adam Gase. Uh, shout out to my boy, Brandon Andreessen, football absurdity contributor and Adam Gase hater. Hates him more than anyone. Will oh, he ever wrote a great, him. I should have plugged that. He wrote a really funny article this week. Oh, yeah. The, absurdity. the odds thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I should correct myself here. He is going to the Panthers. For some reason, I got Jets on the brain. 
But then no, I was, but then no, I was, came from the Jets. I said, Jets. yeah, I was, I was, I said to the Jets, and then, then, I, then oh. I felt horror because I'm like, oh no, the Jets got another person to ruin. And then I'm like, wait a minute, never. <laughs> no, I think I think Robbie Anderson there is actually really interesting because you're not you're not overpaying for him. He's got like he's a guy who can break open a game. Um, the question is going to be whether like I mean. I, I'm not sure how good Teddy Bridgewater's deep ball is. What's <laughs> the strongest part of Anderson's game? But at the same time, you're also going to have DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson. You got you got some talent. Like there's enough there that you're going to get favorable matchups. And I could see Robbie Anderson taking advantage of it. But I could also see Robbie Anderson. Doesn't he have? Uh, he's had PED issues too, hasn't he? He's had a whole bunch of issues. He had yeah, issues with say. the cops. With yeah, he's he's for for the last couple of years they've talked about releasing him uh, from the Jets, but he always ended up signing a one year deal. And now he's because he was the best thing they had. Uh, yeah, the the fact is, Robbie Anderson is a super talented guy. Uh, that price, I think, kind of tells you, like. Prove it, basically, because uh-huh. prove that you can stay healthy, consistent, and not screw your life up. And hopefully he can. I hope it's a situation like what happened with Dante Parker in 2009, Devontae Parker in 2019, where once Adam Gase left, he was like, oh, this is how you play football for reals. Give me half a season and I'll start breaking out. But it also helped that Devontae Parker was literally the only thing they had left. They oh, traded right. everything else away. They were, I mean, I will say uh, Flores honestly impressed the hell out of me last year with this coaching job. I mean, that was the team that was supposed to have the number one pick. They were clearly tanking this year. Uh, and he's such a good coach. They were just winning games because they didn't, because they were one of the least talented teams in the NFL last year. Sorry. That's right. They stripped everything down. Whereas Carolina's got CMC and some wide receivers and Teddy Bridgewater. I, I just, I just said him two minutes ago. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Um, yeah. I, I think Greg Olson is now gone, right? Isn't he? Uh, where's he? Is he yeah. at your team now, Jeff, uh, Evan? I think we signed him. Let me stall while I type in Greg Olson to somewhere. Yeah. Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Seattle, okay. yeah. Which is which is my which is where I live. So easy mistake there. Yeah. I'll okay. pretend that's what it was. Sure. I, I just know someone went to the uh to Oakland that probably or I'm sorry to the Raiders because I don't know that they're in Oakland anymore. Um, that may, oh Jason Witten is who I was thinking of. Yeah, that's it. God, only well, Jason Jason Witten would make you yearn for Greg Olson. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I would be like just that's like jump one of three players. Please just jump into the announcing booth. That that that's gonna be better. <laughs> Well, speaking of better, Emmanuel Sanders went to the Saints. So he'll be helping prop up Drew Brees' career numbers next year. So that going to be a good fantasy move? Oh, maybe he won't. Let's hear it. Well, I mean, like, okay, Emmanuel Sanders, he, he was decent in the second half. You know, I mean, he was definitely a contributor in helping uh, the 49ers get to their Super Bowl. But he's also, I don't know. He's older, and frankly, Drew Brees, you can see the decline. I don't know that this year Drew Brees is going to – honest to God, I think that if the Saints were smarter, they would have just been like, thank you for your time, Drew, and 
made a point of re-signing Bridgewater. I think he was a better long-term option for them. They were a better team when Bridgewater was at the helm than I think they were when the Breeze was there. Not he a has been injured opinion, 16 times. He has been what injured 16 times in his nine-year career. What do you think, Mike? Bridgewater or Breeze? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, sorry. That makes. What do you think sense. about the Emmanuel Sanders move, Mike? I yeah, I think it's good for the Saints because they don't really have. Well, they have Ted Ginn, but you know, much of a a guy that you could put on the field that can do more than just run a nine route. Which Emmanuel Sanders can do. Uh, he can run multiple routes, but he will be a deep guy for them as well. I there's just too many pieces for me to be excited about this. I think it's a better football move, a better NFL move than a fantasy move. And I I wouldn't be all that hopeful if you're looking for him um, as a draft participant, other than maybe a fourth or fifth receiver on your team, just because there are so many pieces on the Saints right now that for him to get anything that would be beneficial for your fantasy team, it's 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 not going to be good. I, I'm looking maybe tight end kind of numbers, 40 receptions, you know, 400, 500 yards, and like three touchdowns. It, it's not going to be what we hoped for when he was playing for the 49ers. Like, like I say, my thing with uh, Sanders is not so much I think that Sanders is not is going to be a problem. It's so much as I'm not sure Breeze is going to be good enough to fully utilize him. I think, I, I think Thomas, Breeze will be fine. Thomas. Breeze will be fine. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. Okay, now I wish I had these numbers in front of me because I want to say, are you really sure he's going to be fine? Because oh, I guess you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. I'm looking at his numbers. He was Breeze was pretty much Breeze last year. I mean, he played. He last didn't have the garbage season. Me and everyone, else, a lot of people were predicting. That's for sure. Yeah. No, he he was better than I thought he was last year. I mean, he definitely declined last year. Like, his passing numbers were basically the same last year and two years ago. But two years ago, he had a huge drop-off in production. So, that's not that that's not that surprising. And he missed four games this year. Yeah, the 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 big problem, I think, with, with him that was a couple of years ago was the touchdowns. His yards were pretty much the same. His touchdowns, were they were just fluky. They... They were Kamara going for 50 yards multiple times and, and those kind of things. So uh, he, he had probably well, probably one of his lowest productions of touchdowns a couple of years ago than he had in yeah, uh, probably yeah, no. all the way back 20, to the Chargers. 20, he had 23 touchdowns in 2017. But uh, the thing about that, too, is that was also one of the most efficient offenses I've ever seen. It was oh. anytime they were in the red zone, you the running back would just score. Well, they couldn't exactly. help it. They were just so good. Yeah, yeah, Kamara, and yeah, they were just taking it from, and, you know, that's not his fault. I mean, so, but, yeah, I, I really think that was just a fluky year. Now, does he have much left after this year and maybe next year? I mean, we're definitely probably seeing a decline, but I still think you're not going to worry about a Michael Thomas, um, an Alvin Kamara, and those guys getting their numbers in Drew Brees. I, I'm not saying, I, I don't think he's in the in the shadows of a Tom Brady um, of Eli Manning of last year, I, I think he he's definitely still has the juice left. It's just um, draining. <coughs> yeah, I think my concern more is going to be the. Uh, I know in 2018 his December numbers, Drew Brees really dropped off, and really, I don't know. Um, truth be told, they didn't really drop off in December this year. 
I don't know if it was maybe the the four week injury that helped him, but his his December numbers were as good as they've been. So yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to be some sneaky value in your middle rounds. Do you think this takes touches away from Michael Thomas? Besides, obviously, the usual regression towards the main. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I don't because I don't. I haven't seen anything take away touches from Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas. He's gonna. I mean, he, he's gonna be top ten in receptions. That's it. And it, it might. He might not be number one again, but he'll be top ten, and that's what you're looking for. He's he's gonna be consistently good. I'm not. I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, I, I agree with I agree I agree with you. I, I totally do. I, I think Waleed's right. I, I he there is no way outside of injury does Michael Thomas end up lower than a top ten receiver. I would be surprised if he lowers in top five. But uh oh, I top ten receptions. He's gonna be top he's gonna be a top five receiver barring injury or some kind of crazy situation, surgery. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um I I think You'll see, like, if, if outside of last year, of course, you're going to see lesser numbers. But um, I don't, I don't, I see it even less than his normal. Than if he, if he just took his average, what he's been doing up until last year. Um, but it's not going to be so much where you're going to be worried about it. If he's available and you, and you need a wide receiver and he he's the one there, then you're going to drop him. But, but don't expect him to be above his average numbers because there's just more weapons there. So that is going to slightly take away from him, but not enough to where you're going to be worried about it. All right. Here's a move that got me excited. The dynamic veteran Peyton Barber to the offensive, <laughs> the offensive dynamo Washington Redskins and all sarcasm aside. Obviously the reason that gets me excited because the NFL draft still might change this, but it looks like Rojo is the every down back in uh, Tampa Bay now. I like when there's a bell cow. What do you all think? Is this is this is this going to be is is this going to be too hyped or is this guy a solid say third round pick? Hold hold on. Did you say you like when there's a bell cow? Who's the bell cow? Because <laughs> it's Ron- not because it's not Ronald Jones. Oh, it's not. Why? I mean, because he only because he only had one good game in every four games. Like, every time I was like, oh, maybe he figured it out. Nope. They started giving the ball to Peyton Barber. They'll find some They'll find some other uh, jag to just give the ball to. It's not going to be – it's – yeah, no. It's, Mike, what do you think? I I honestly don't think I, – I think they can get away with Ronald Jones being the bell cow, but he won't be the guy that is getting the 20 to 25 touches per game. He, he'll be – if he's the lone back, which I'd be kind of surprised they don't draft somebody, but let's just say they don't then he's going to be someone that is someone that's going to get 12 to 15 touches regardless. I don't see his role expanding um, much more than what it was already without Peyton Barber, just because the Tom Brady is going to be, they're going to be passing the ball. They don't run anyways very much at all. And, and Ronald Jones is not much of a receiver. I mean, he can catch the ball, but he's not great at it. He has improved, but, his skill set is limited. So I I honestly believe that someone like maybe Ogan Ballway has a better shot as better shot at James at the James White role with Tom Brady at the Patriots. If you flip that over to the Buccaneers, which are going to have to run somewhat of, then if you're going to pick a passing back, then Ogan Ballway is is your guy. 
It's super weird to me how last last off season I was one of the biggest detractors for Ronald Jones. I hated him, and he did nothing to change my mind. And yet now I'm trying to talk myself into him. What what happened? Any ideas? Why why did I do that? <laughs> I, I do smell that you drink district. a lot of beer. <laughs> I do drink a lot of beer. <laughs> and I just I don't like running back my committee because it kills fantasy. Oh, so sorry. anytime anyone has a shot at, at, at not having a running back by committee. I want to I want to go all in. But he does suck. You are right. Yeah, I don't think Ronald Jones is, even though it looks like he's he's the only guy there, I, I don't see that transpiring um, at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably okay. get somebody in the draft. Oh, well, he's I'm got sure you guys already talked about it, but I didn't talk about it, so I'm going to ask. What do we think is going to happen with Tom Brady in uh Tampa. Like what is what is the effect there? They're not gonna they don't have a running game. They're gonna draft a running back because there's no way they're just going with Ronald Jones. That would be insanity. Maybe they pick up Devontae Freeman or uh Todd Gurley. Are those guys still free agents? Gurley signed with Atlanta. Devontae Freeman is a free agent. Gurley signed with Atlanta. Oh, how did I miss that? That's cool. I mean like Gurley was only gonna be good for like eight weeks of the year anyway, so I mean I, I, I just I can't trust that knee, but uh, maybe you pick up Devontae Freeman. I feel like that might be an actual solid move for the uh, for the Bucks to give yourself a guy who can catch the ball. But is Tom Brady like? Are they running the Arians' offense, or are they going to actually run more of what they ran in uh, New England with them? I think they just did it to sell tickets, which they've done now, and so I don't think they're going to. They also have like twelve thousand season tickets in the last week, so I think that they don't care. They're like, you You guys figure it out okay. on the field. I'm sure Tampa doesn't care, but I'm also very sure that Tom Brady cares. Tom Brady cares more than anyone cares. Tom Brady is a crazy person when it comes to competition. Like, there's a reason he's still playing. He's also very supple. Mike, what's your take on the offense? What's it going to be like? <laughs> I, I gave a I gave a very not creative non answer to the question. What what answer do you have, Mike? I I honestly they they can't go deep, so that's out the window. Tom Brady cannot throw the ball past yeah. probably fifty yards. So that, that's uh, my concern too. Yeah, there's just no way that's going to happen. So they're going to have a lot of dump offs, uh, stretch stretch the field with Evans. I think Godwin is going to be godly when the season's over because he's going to be catching a lot of passes out of the slot position. Oh, God, Godwin is absolutely taking that Edelman Wes Welker role. Uh, oh. my my question is: Are they going to finally use OJ Howard? Because one of the things that kind of drove me nuts about Arians last year is OJ Howard is a talented guy. The problem is Arians' offense doesn't like he's never focused on a tight end. There was a part of me, a small part of me was hoping the Bears could just try trading for O.J. Howard because I feel like he's being wasted there, and at least he knows what he's – like, I, I, he's he's the guy who I think is actually pretty good at playing tight end who's just not being used. And I want to know if with Tom Brady there, that's going to change. Yeah. It, you know, what's interesting, too, is even before Arians came in, O.J. Howard wasn't doing what I think we expected out of him because of his athletic skill set and the fact that he was uh, well, a first-round draft. He was hurt, too. That was part of the problem. Yeah, and, and that I could definitely hear hear that. that that's always going to limit. I, I honestly think it's going to either be one or two things. 
either he's going to be a bust, you know, after this year, and he's just going to waste away, or (coughs) we're going to see him being one of the top five tight ends taken off the board next year. So we'll see what ends up happening. I think it's a flip of a coin. And if he's, if he's, um, which he should be, you know, 12, 13, 14, tight end off the board, I would take the chance. But also, I think he's going to be one of the one of the players that either you're going to start every week and not have a problem with it, or he's going to be on the waiver wire after like week three. Here's my sour take on the whole thing. It's not worth my time or brain power to make any conclusion about OJ Howard because no matter where I think he should be in drafts and auctions, somebody at the table is going to be like, he's got Tom Brady and he's getting an athletic freak. He's going to be the next Rob Gronkowski and we'll pay way more. Than whatever I would pay for him. Absolutely. I'm 100% (laughs) agreeing with you on that one. Uh, The conclusion I kind of came to in my brain was that uh, I don't trust Arians in that situation enough to really commit a lot of money to O.J. Howard. And someone else absolutely will. So, yeah, I'm I'm 100% on board with that thought. That's one of the good things about auction is that you know you don't have to worry about spending the whatever five dollars or whatever he's going to go for yeah uh, i just fall in love with like 10 percent of the field and the rest won't be on my team right oj yeah. howard is the guy i will be nominating early in auction drafts because i know someone's going to love him and you know the training camp hype hopefully we have a training camp is going to be about how uh, oj howard's in the best shape of his life You see all those passes going to O.J. Howard from Tom Brady? Look at all that. And then game when the season starts, it's, you know, one catch for 20 yards. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of tight ends, let's move on to a bunch of – we're in the news section. I don't know if I mentioned that because I'm uh, doing a bad job as host. But uh, there was a bunch of little – what happens when daddy's away. Uh... (laughs) Uh, So – well, in the case of my kids, when daddy's away, they break everything in sight. Uh, and speaking of breaking everything in sight, Tyler Eifert signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rashad Perriman went to the Jets. Devin Funches on the Packers. Nelson Aguilar to the Raiders. Do we care about any of the above four in fantasy? Oh, my goodness. That's, that's <laughs> probably the best way of putting that. Here is my thought. Um Perriman to the Jets. I can I can't think of a better receiver for the Jets offense than Perriman because I mean I couldn't name any of the receivers on the Jets anymore anyway. Uh, Tyler Eifert to the Jags. Uh, I don't know. Has anyone cared about Tyler Eifert since uh, I don't know? I'm trying to think of man, 2015. That was the last time he was even somewhat relevant. The Did only he time the whole he was season somewhat relevant. Here what was that? Much? Did he play the whole season last year and not do much? Yeah, he had three touchdowns last year. 43 catches. I mean, th- to be fair, no one did much. Uh, let's see, who is the other guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, Devin Funches. You know, the Packers, is pro- the Packers receiving problems outside of Devontae a- Adams is receivers who can't catch the ball. And they decided to solve that problem by bringing in Devin Funches. So, <laughs> I don't know. That seems kind of odd. It's like... It's like they're trolling the media pundits who are desperate for a wide receiver two to break out in Green Bay. They're like, who can we get on our team that's never going to break out? Then they'll go nuts over. And Nelson Aguilar, I mean, okay, you got the number five receiver from the Eagles. Congratulations. Good luck. Thank you. 
I love it. Hey, hey, we got Marcus Mariota thrown to him, so it's all going to work out. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> it's all going to work out. Did you read my article does, this week still... where I'm just like, I'm a pathetic little baby about them signing Marcus Mariota. I read it after well, I wrote it. I'm like, I come off as kind of sad here. I'm really sad. Well, uh, I, I'll be doing uh, the fallout for the Bears. That article will probably, I was going to do it today, but since we're doing a podcast, I'll end up doing it tomorrow. Uh, so you'll see, you'll hear a lot of anger. It's not going to be sad for me. You're going to be a lot, there'll be a lot of rage. Waleed is not happy with the Bears off seasons. Ooh, fun. Were fun you happy stuff. with, were you happy with your team's off seasons, Mike? Um, it, yeah. I mean, I like the fact that we brought in, um, the defensive end, um, Buckner from, I think it was Buckner from the 49ers. I like that a lot. Uh, Oh, you guys paid so much, so much. Like, Buckner's good, but the amount of money that you're paying him plus the draft capital is expensive. It it was expensive. He's the second highest defensive end um, under Aaron Donald by, like, a couple million. It's a lot of money. I I, I ain't going to lie to that. It's not not just the money, though. It's also the, the draft capital that you also gave up for that. He's getting yeah. $21 million each year on average. Yeah. And then a first-round pick to the 49ers. Um, and it was the 13th pick, I believe, that they had. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot. It, it is. But I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm not I'm – not, I wasn't enthralled. I wasn't, like, jumping up for joy. But I, I, I gave it the, the – the, I guess the bowling – when you get a strike and bowling, you do that little pump. Yeah, I, I did a little pump. Um, Philip Rivers, eh, whatever, you know, I didn't want him. But the one-year deal, now we're on the flip side of things. The one-year deal was, if there were two, I would have gotten angry. But with the one, I'm like, eh, whatever. They'll drop the quarterback or they'll get one next year and we'll move on. So I'm okay with that uh, at a reasonable price tag. So I'm, I would say I'm I'm pleased, but not overly excited. See, I, I would be worried because Rivers was definitely – I mean, he had a down year last year. And oh, I, he was and horrible he's last old year. Enough. Yeah, and, he, and he's old enough that I'm just not – that just might be what he is now. That would be my concern about signing him. When a guy's that old and he has that serious decline, it's it's concerning. But on the, other, on the other flip side, if he flips – because – I will say this: Ballard has put together a really interesting roster. Uh, <laughs> you okay over there, man? Is it, was that me? Uh, I think so. What was it? Uh, sounded like oh, uh, someone was blowing their nose. Uh, sorry, I thought it, I thought it was red. I thought the mute button was on. Button uh, <laughs> uh, don't work no more. Actually, done that. Look, guys, this isn't going to be the cleanest show. We don't have Jeff to like make sure we're on top. And let's face it. We all have the plague, so it's you're gonna have the, just something you as an audience you're gonna have to deal with. We apologize. I'm doing it to be more relatable. <laughs> can you hear me now? I have my mute on. Yes, I can. Yes. Hear you. Okay, Your mute so so I'm gonna get a new microphone. Huh. Well, I'm That's coughing fine. a lot. Sorry. Oh, you might no, have to get a new computer like me when my mute button stopped working, even though it was on. <laughs> Oh, that's I funny. Can figure, I can make a little, a little, a little space bar toggle I or tried, something. I tried subtly telling you. Did you even see the uh, message? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I'm like, wow, Mike, I can send something with his mute button off. Nope, that was. <laughs> that I would push mine religiously. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love it. I love it. This is this you is where go. you're getting fun. 
This is the realest radio you're getting. We're not we're not muting things for you. You're getting it all raw. Evan Raw. Yeah. Yeah. All my little noises and fluids. So my I was liking the Raiders offseason. They stored, got some veterans in on the defense. They showed up their O-line. And then I got distracted for a couple of weeks because of coronavirus and my kids not being in school. And when I come back, they have Marcus Mariota throwing to Nelson Aguilar and Jason Witten. And I was like, God, when, I, when daddy's away, like you guys. That is, that is the most John Gruden-like free agency I could think of. Aguilar, Witten, those are like, they just seem like Gruden grinders. Mariota, for sure, is a Gruden grinder. A lot of hustle, not a lot of talent, unfortunately. I was a big Mark Mariota guy. Hmm? I just said he likes kicking the dirt off the tires. Anyway, keep going. You were saying something actually of substance. Was I? I was just making fun of the Raiders, honestly. You said you were a big Mark Mariota guy. I was. I loved him coming out of college. I thought he was going to be this awesome, like, talented guy. He just isn't. And part of me is, I, like, part of me wants to say that Tennessee ruined him, but then I saw Tannehill last year, and I can't say that anymore because Tannehill should have been ruined by Miami. But if anything, that was the crucible that forged one of the best second-half seasons I've watched in a while, uh, just from an efficiency standpoint. I, I enjoyed wa- I enjoyed watching him so much. Yeah, well, that wraps up uh, news. News. So now I'll move throw on out to one other Raiders thought here, just because okay, he's the next bear. Nick Kwiatkowski was a decent pickup for you. Uh, he had a, he had a really strong second half on the Bears defense. Yeah, they got him early, and that, that's when I was liking. I was liking the I was liking the moves. Yeah, no, he, he was a good pickup. I was happy that like, I, I was hoping the Bears would re-sign him, but I wanted them to re-sign him because I didn't think they would re-sign Trevathan. But they, they re-signed Trevathan for cheaper, and frankly, like, I'm okay with that because they got to kind of pick their, their money battles. I just hope that Trevathan doesn't start getting hurt a lot because usually once that first injury happens, they happen a lot more <laughs> past 30. So, yep. Well, for those in uh, kicking leagues, uh, Greg Zerline, yeah. He's now a cowboy. And, and uh, Goskowski got released. Yeah, and Goskowski got released. So. Goskowski had a kind of subpar year last year for him. He was hurt for most of it, though. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Oh, that's what it was. I remember now. I thought I thought that he was missing field goals before he got hurt, though. He was a little shaky. Uh, he was. He wasn't his typical Goskowski self. That, that, that is definite. Okay. I could also be full of it and not remembering. So, but thank you for backing me on that. <laughs> sure, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> so now we're gonna. If there's no further uh, uh, comment, we're gonna move into the meat of our podcast here, which is free agency moves that are pretty big, but we didn't have time to talk about last week. And I want to start out with Eckler on the Chargers without Gordon, but also without Rivers. Is he still the? Uh, does this? elevate him or is he going to break even are you moving him down your list where 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 are you taking him Waleed and Mike um I mean he was already a mid-round running back for me anyway I'm not I'm not the biggest Eckler fan but I will say that I don't know that losing Rivers hurts him that much because I don't know that Rivers helped him that much last year it depends who they end up having at quarterback the other thing about Gordon is without Gordon he was better so and it stands to reason Anthony Lynn, uh, his offense is geared towards the run. 
So Eckler's going to get those looks. The fact that he's an RB1, I mean, he's definitely a guy I feel like in the third or fourth round might be worth taking a flyer on. I, I mean, you have to see how preseason uh, and training camp play out. But he's definitely a guy I'm looking at maybe as my third running back, maybe even second, depending on uh, how my early rounds go. Mike? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the way Eckler performed last year and even up to then when he was sharing time with Gordon, he really was someone that showed a lot of talent and was just buried behind Gordon. So when Gordon decided to hold out last year, Eckler had a, a nice price tag. I think it was fifth, sixth rounds and probably most drafts um, last season and turned that into – being a top five running back overall. So the the problem I'm having a little bit with is, is he really going to be that full-time bell cow back where, yeah, he did that for the first, whatever, what, four games of the season? Sure. Okay. He showed that. But can he do that for 16, 17 weeks? I don't think so. So I think they're going to take a lot of, a lot of pressure off of him and it, He's still in the top 10 running backs overall, I would say. So if he's in the third <laughs> round, third round is probably where I'm going to be targeting him. Oh, sorry. I forgot I don't have a cough button anymore. I'm going to start wrapping my mic in my shirt. Seriously, <laughs> Raw we've, we've, we've established your, mic, your, your microphone mute button is broken. I wouldn't stress it too much. Well, I'm just going to make fun of you every time. That's good. At least I'll generate some good content. That's yeah. good with me. Uh, I would pay low 40s. On a $200 budget, I would pay low 40s for Eckler, which makes him a really high RB2. That's not knowing what the draft brings. As Mike pointed out, they could they could shore it up. And not knowing who his quarterback is, but that's only going to get better. We're only going to get more optimistic when they actually get a quarterback. Yeah. And while we're on the subject, how about Gordon on the Broncos? Did we talk about that last week, Mike? Gordon on the Broncos, yes, we I think we did. I think we covered it a little bit. All right. Well, Wally, why don't you kick it off and weigh in? Because you weren't here last week. Gordon okay. to the Broncos, along with Royce Freeman. This was my thought on Melvin Gordon to the Broncos. Why? Why did you get him? You have Philip Lindsay. Uh, you have, I think, Philip Lindsay's proven he's a solid running back. I don't know that that's a need as a team that you invest money in. Having said that, Melvin Gordon is a. I feel like last year. hurt his his perceived value in the eyes of many fans, which is going to make him a good value this year. Because Melvin Gordon has been, when he played a full 16-game season, has consistently been a mid-level RB1. He's a guy, he doesn't really get hurt. He's reliable. He's a guy that I just like. So uh, I'm all about Melvin Gordon next year. Wow. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I... I like it. I he he'll be one of those that will probably go earlier just because of his name than what I really feel he's going to produce. But it will be interesting to see which if they keep all three running backs number one, which I don't think they're going to do. So oh, they what, absolutely what, will. Why would they get rid of the other two? They're on rookie contracts. You're not going to cut them. You need depth. Yeah, but. It, I don't know. I, I think that they're paying. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. They are on rookie contracts. So yeah, you're, 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 oh no, you're paying two running backs two hundred thousand dollars a year. 
Yeah, you, you doesn't, that doesn't affect you. You're fine. The, then mean, the other question maybe, is... Maybe you, trade, maybe you trade Freeman or Lindsey to a team like the Bucks, who actually could use a running back. I mean, right. I could see that happening, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, that's, and I think that's what's probably end up going to happen is that because there would be on their third year, I think. So if they're on three-year rookie contracts, then this will be the last year. So you might as well get something for them. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening. They're, they're going into their third year. So you, if you trade them, you might be able to get decent value because you got them for two more years. Right, right. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. I just... <laughs> They're going to have to do something because you're going to have one that's just going to sit there and do absolutely nothing because you can't – there's just not going to be a rotation with Melvin Gordon and two other backs. So um, one of them is, is is expendable, and I don't know which one that, that will be. I think it will be Royce Freeman who would be the one that's going out the door. It's absolutely uh, Royce Freeman. He, he's the one who's closest uh, to make up to Melvin Gordon, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that's good. The guy I have uh, pictured, but we'll see. We'll see when it ends up happening. I think I agree. I think it's bizarrely it's bizarre that the Denver Broncos looked at their defense, who is too old, looked at their quarterback and wide receivers, who are too young, and said, "You know what we need? We need a veteran running back." Like what? How is that fixing really, anything? No, I agree. the The move makes no sense. Uh, I don't understand what you're trying to build, but I really want the Broncos to succeed because I have nothing but love for Vic Fangio. Do you have nothing but love for Vic Fangio, Mike? I I like the name. I have nothing but love for for Vic Fangio's name. Vic Fangio, is a, that's a rad name. I, I take that name. Yeah, but he's like, that defense being too old won't matter as much because, I mean, that dude will maximize that talent. If the question is whether he can, as a defensive coordinator, build a decent offense. And uh, who's – oh, my God, what's the name of the quarterback, the rookie – well, second-year guy now in Denver? Uh, Drew Locke. Drew Locke, yeah. Uh, ugh. I mean, he looked good in the second half – in the last quarter of the season, all things considered. I, he looked better than I ever thought he would. That's going to be I, – I, Broncos are going to be a real interesting team. Because I think we all think they're just going to be mediocre. But if Drew Locke develops and they have pieces in place there, they could be one of those sneaky good teams. I've always liked uh, Hamilton and Sutton. Yeah, receivers. that's what I'm talking about, too. Yeah. It, it, they have to kick this streak of young quarterbacks doing poorly, though. That seems to be built into the the... John, what's his name? John Elton. Denver. John Elton. Elton John. Elton John. The John Elton. Uh, John Elway. I'm, I'm trying to help you here, but actually, I kind of like all the names you're throwing out. <laughs> like John Denver. Yeah. Uh, that, Elton John. It's the, well, you, you remember John Their Elway's popular. Was getting a mainstream artist to be their general manager. They had a football yeah. team. I love Tom. I love John Elway's greatest hits. That's a great album. Um, yeah, we have to kick that. I don't know. Any further thoughts about Gordon or uh, Eckler? I think I feel like we've covered everything there. All right. I'm going to go to probably the next thing that the audience is most interested in. And Stefan Diggs to the Bills. Josh. For this one. Yeah. How come? Um, because here's my question for the Bills. 
All right, we're going to go over two trades here. In one trade, uh, you uh, gave up Stefan Diggs and this 2020 seventh-round pick in exchange for a first-round pick, uh, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. Uh, on the other hand, DeAndre Hopkins was traded for a, a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and David Johnston. You could have got a better receiver for cheaper. Like, why didn't you trade with the Texans? That's what I want to know, Buffalo. 31, 30 teams out there are wondering why didn't we trade with the Texans. <laughs> you know? Well, the Eagles apparently tried to. I think the problem is that I'm pretty sure Bill O'Brien looked at every offer and then was like, I'm going to take the worst offer because I'm smarter than everyone, and I'm going to look like a genius after this. I and think also, got Bill O'Brien super I, Also, I can't be fired. I think they just got took him out, got super drunk, hammered it out in the back of a strip club napkin. Oh, my God. If, if that was a requirement, man – Bill O'Brien needs to be put into a 13-step program because do you guys remember the trades last year? You know, the one where you traded Jadavian Clowney for a fourth-round pick while giving up a first-round pick to the Dolphins to get Laramie Tunsil? Yeah, Laramie oh. Gas Mask Bomb Tunsil. Yeah, oh, my God. By the way, uh, okay, Laramie Tunsil, the, my favorite part about that draft was it was the only time uh, in the history of social media where someone said, oh, my social media got hacked. And I was like, oh, your social media for sure got hacked. Like, I, I Agreed, yeah. even doubt it for a second. Not like, you know, usually you're like, yeah, no, you're just a racist. Nice try, buddy. Uh, that time I'm like, no, you were totally. That cost you millions of dollars in real time. That was one of my favorite things. There, There's a great uh, documentary on that, uh, that whole thing, which is they go into detail and it just shows from step by step. What what transpired? It's it's pretty awesome. What's it called? That sounds fascinating. Yeah, uh, where can we find it too? Good question. I'll put it on the um, I'll put it on our chat. Um, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. I'm not sure what it's called offhand, but I'll send it to you guys. Okay. It's called foul play. It's called foul. I found it. It's called it's called foul play paid in Mississippi, and I oh. believe it's on YouTube. Yeah, it's on- made it. They do good stuff. I was hoping it'd be on Netflix or something so I could watch it on my TV. I need to get me a smart TV so I could actually yeah. watch it. Oh, we just got one. It's so great. Oh, I love my smart TV. You should buy now. Prices have never been lower uh, because there's no demand because TVs last so long. And everyone's waiting for the new consoles to come out to buy a new TV. Like, I got I got my TV, which uh, 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 10 years ago, I got our old TV, which is a 42-incher. I got a 65-incher for 40%. out your mute button's working it is yeah hello yeah you were cutting in and out there for a second uh oh well i wasn't saying anything important just talking about how cheap tvs were now but no one knows how cheap they are because you cut out at that part well that's what we call how much how much can i get it for that's what we in the industry call a tease so (laughs) tune in next week and i'll finish tell you Everything. Um, uh, so, Diggs, fancy value. Up, down from where he was in Minnesota? I think he have to go up. 
I think it's honestly probably about the same. I will say that I like uh, Josh Allen's deep ball, but I mean, let's see. I, the Josh Brown, Josh Brown was or uh, John Brown was on the uh, Bills last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see uh, his numbers go up tremendously. He had a couple of games like where when he had the matchup, he did some stuff, but I don't know that I trusted it. I I don't know. The thing is, I'm still trying to figure out like if I like Josh Allen or not. Because I showed I, some amazing growth last year. Yeah, that's the thing. I want to like stick with my my draft day evaluation, which was he's going to be a terrible, horrible bust, and this is hilarious. But last year, man, he showed he showed some real growth, and his athleticism is off the wall. He, I mean, he's got he, he made some throws. I remember in that Thursday night game against was it who was who were they playing? Was it D- Dallas? I don't know. Yeah, Dude, I drink. What was that? Dude, I drink. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't remember, I don't remember last Thursday. That the th- the Thanksgiving Thursday night game, man. He he was unbelievable. So I'm uh yeah I I, I gotta say I I want to see what he can do with a bona fide number one receiver, which I do believe Stefan Diggs is. I want to see Stefan Diggs get good again. It would be really damning for the contract they gave Kirk Cousins too, which would I would find hilarious. Yeah. And I'm always about hilarity. What's your take, Mike? You like Diggs more or less now? I, I definitely like Diggs more, but it's not something that I'm excited over. I, I think that with Josh Allen running the ball as much as he does, uh, and but as as Wally pointed out, he, he has a cannon of an arm, which is going to get digs more numbers than we saw with Kirk Cousins limited, you know, noodle arm. So he's definitely in a better position, but it's a lot of that's going to be taken away from the fact that Josh Allen runs and then we know Devin Singletary runs. So it's it's going to be limited. It's not going to be much more, but it'll definitely be more. Yeah. Yeah. The, the person who benefits the most from this in fantasy is definitely Josh Allen. He's, I know he's on Jeff's. He's Jeff's big sleeper. It only got better after this. Yeah, he he might be, he might be one of my big sleepers. Honestly, is he is he a top eight quarterback? I I haven't looked at it. I I really I tend not to look at that stuff until uh, right around training camp. I'd like to see. I like all the information to come in before I start making thoughts because I, I I worry about locking in the biases. It's it's very easy for me to be swayed. I've noticed, and I'm trying to like know what I like, and then kind of go from there. But he's a guy that I think I like. Where I haven't decided yet. Uh, Mike, would you pick Josh Allen or Kyler Murray first? Oh, I'd go Murray first. Would you pick Josh Allen? Would you pick Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson first? Now that he doesn't have Hopkins. Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I I still take. I think I still take Hopkins. Uh, yeah, Watson. I, I, you mean Watson? Oh yeah, Watson. Sorry, those two yeah, names aren't I, tied together anymore. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I agree with Waleed. It's yeah. I'd go with Watson. Yeah, Watson's Watson is just he. I, I think he might be a generational talent. Waleed's not alone. It's hard for me to stop myself from talking myself into Josh Allen, and the draft hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, I, I ranked them. I don't know when I did this, but this was before. Oh, I, I, I put a date. Good. So on February 10th of this year, I did a ranking of the quarterbacks. And I have 
Josh Allen at 11. So with Diggs, you're probably going to push him up at least a couple spots. So I would say anywhere between 8 and 10 is probably a good a good uh, bet for Okay. Josh. I, I got to ask, who are the 10 you have above him? Uh, Lamar Jackson, number one. So this is from one to 10. Lamar Jackson, okay. Patrick Mahomes, Watson, Prescott, Ryan, Wilson. Winston, now Winston is gone. Don't forget, this was February 10th. Winston, okay. uh, Winston at seven, Kyler Murray at eight, Matthew Stafford at nine, Drew Brees at 10, and then Josh Allen. All right. I got to tell you, honestly, I... I think I push Josh Allen up that list a lot. Matt Stafford's back worries me. Uh, I'm, I'm not as high on Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm trying to think who were the uh, who were the last few you had like after uh, after Wilson. Um, I have Winston. That's going to be gone. Yeah, and, and uh, then Murray at eight, Stafford at nine, Breeze at ten. I might even put him above Breeze, honestly. Yeah, I think I would. I, I might actually have Josh Allen in the top eight if he was there. I have him exactly eight. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that about myself. I, I want the new toy. The rising, rising toy, not the 15-year veteran toy. I, I, I love to go young on my quarterbacks, too, because that's how you get guys who blow up. And I always like to pick two with huge upside. And the fact of the matter is, you can always find a top ten quarterback and free on the waiver wire uh, over the first few weeks of your season. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not worried about missing on a quarterback as much as I am other positions. That's true. Okay, Wally. While I have you here, I need you to go get your orange cone. I need to go get your wiffle ball. Set it on top of the orange cone. I need to get your plastic bat because <laughs> it's time to tee off on Nick Foles going to the Bears. <laughs> All right. So here's what I'm going to say about this. Go move. for it. Um, I do not have a problem with Nick Foles, per se. I actually understand the logic behind bringing him in because uh, he was in Philadelphia, which is a similar offense. He's worked with his coaching staff. So you're bringing in a veteran uh, who can compete with, who can legitimately compete with Mitchell Trubisky. And I think we can all agree, because we have eyes, that Mitchell Trubisky needs competition. Uh, he can't he can't just be out there not competing because then he's just bad. That's what happens. That's what we've seen. Maybe competition will make Trubisky rise. Maybe it won't. But if he doesn't rise, we need a backup plan. And truth be told, Nick Foles was probably one of the best options out there. Having said all that, he's making $15 million a year. The Bears are one of the most cash-strapped teams i the commitment makes me wonder, are you going to push Nick Foles in automatically? Which, I, if, it's a comp, if it's a legitimate competition where the best man wins, I think I can get on board with it. I don't know that I believe it. I did not like the move, but pretty much every prognosticator I listened to really talked about what a great move it was, which makes me questioning my own football sanity. I mean, Nick Foles is fine. He's the best backup you can get. I, he might be like an average starter at best, and I think that might be optimistic. He had a great like four-week season in the playoffs to win a Super Bowl. But outside of that, he's been wildly inconsistent throughout his career. And uh, we already have Mitchell Trubisky, so wildly inconsistent, I guess I'm used to. But I, it's clearly – the Bears know they're in win, win now. 
And I don't know. I guess I'd feel better about Nick Foles if they had an offensive line to go with it. Who did they pick up? Afeldi, I think I heard. Uh, offensive lineman to bear signed who from Seattle. And I don't know how you guys feel, but when I'm looking for offensive linemen, Seattle is not where I look. So I don't know what the Bears offense is doing. Uh, at least the Bears defense looks like it's going to be better this year. That's the, uh, or at least improved upon. Mike, any thoughts on Foles to Chicago? I'll take that as a no. Mike, you don't have any thoughts on Foles to Chicago? Oh, sorry about that. Um, I, I think the only thing that kind of bothers me a little bit is the contract. I, the pay him as much as they're going to pay him to do what? I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's really mind-boggling. I think they could have been better off bringing in uh, someone else's backup. Uh, I'd have to have a list. Here's but the problem. I'm sure there's five who, or six who are the other team. options out there as a backup? That's that's my that's what I was this. I mean, if we're being perfectly honest, uh, of the backup options, you weren't bringing in Winston. Mariota went over to Oakland. You. I mean, and I don't know that I would have won. Like, if I had to pick between Mariota and Foles, I want Foles because at least Foles has shown he can be successful. Mariota's never shown that. Uh, let's see, Case Keenum, no thank you. He's just a guy. Like, what What were their options is the problem. The money is the thing that bothers me, especially when you're as cash-strapped as the Bears. But at the same time, I'm trying to think of who they could have got who would have been a better option. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think if you if you're gonna look at just talent alone, then you're absolutely right. But you also have to look there. at the the pace. The so is Sean is Keenum that much of a worse quarterback to where you're paying him that much less money, or is he outplaying his price tag compared to what you're paying Nick Foles? Is oh I think, god, I forgot the most important thing. You gave up a draft pick for him too. <laughs> Bears have already been trading away all their draft picks. That's the thing that drives me the most nuts about it, is the Bears need draft capital to at least try to build their team. The Bears are clearly in win-now mode. They know that, uh, you can tell with their signings, they need to win in this, like this year, they have to do something. And quarterback held them back a little bit, but it wasn't like Trubisky's taking way too much of the blame for a lot of the flaws in that offense. Allen Robinson is a stud. He better get extended and be given all kinds of money because Allen Robinson is awesome. But outside of that, um, Trey Burton was hurt. Will you bring in Jimmy Graham? Because, let's see, he was good in New Orleans seven years ago, but I would like a tight end who can at least pretend to block. Uh, also a guy who might, I don't know, who could be, who's still good. He had. When is the last time Jimmy Graham was actually football relevant, fantasy football relevant? Well, you got traded yeah, to the team time. that has Mitchell Trubisky throwing to him. <laughs> oh my god I don't know like I'm hoping Trey Burton at least comes back healthy because as much grief as Trey Burton's gotten last he had a legitimate injury he was out all year so there's a chance he comes back and actually contributes because 2000 and, uh, 2018 Trey Burton was pretty damn good for your fantasy team He, I mean he was a legitimate tight end one he had an awesome first half of the season but I don't know I, I, it's just I don't know who the Bears players on offense are that are going to make them like actually be able to compete. That's fair. That's a lot. And before Wally starts actually swearing and getting us off the air, I, I can't believe that... I have I sworn once. I haven't. No, I'm not I, even talking Jeff, about the Bears. If you're listening to this, Jeff, I hope you're proud of me. I didn't swear once. 
I'm pretty effing proud of myself. So what I'm hearing is Jeff is the reason why you swear. <laughs> no. Truth be told, I'm just happy to be, like, talking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that wraps it up for us for this week. Uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, just rem- uh, You'll hear us, most of you will hear us in two weeks because we go on every two weeks with the public. Uh, if you want to hear us every week, go over to our, our Patreon and just kick us a few bucks. The barrier for entry is very low. And so we want you we want you to listen to it every week. Uh, I'm Evan Hoovler and for Walid Ismail and Mike Valverde. Goodbye everyone. Bye. Goodbye.